gun Ramos looking like he's got one more good run Sips a little shaky But his heart is still true Oh how that dog loves hunting with me and you Sporting dog adventures run Hey, this is Jeff Fuller of Soggy Acres Retrievers and Sporting Dog Adventures TV. We have had a great run showing our love for dogs with our show, our podcast, our social media, and all that is based on Soggy Acres Retrievers. We proudly bring this podcast to you by Soggy Acres Retrievers and ask you if you are looking for training, boarding, or a yellow, black, or chocolate Labrador Retriever puppies, please check out SoggyAcres.com. Remember, everyone deserves a Soggy Dog. Welcome to the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Fuller of Soggy Acres Retrievers. We've got a great show for today. We're going to talk about hunting with your trained dog out with friends, family members, and potentially their dogs. We're going to talk about the time commitment it takes to have your dog trained for doing blind retrieves and handling. And then I also wanted to go through during our hunting portion a gear check because this is the time of year that we should be checking our gear so that we're not running around with two days before season trying to find a set of waders because we find a hole or trying to find gear that we have lost over the season or even during the last season and had forgot about. So first of all, I wanted to talk to you about the Anchor support aspect of our podcast. Anchor is the app that we have for creating our podcast. And they actually have Anchor support, which is where you can pledge a certain amount of money one time or monthly, and you can support the podcast. I think everyone understands there's not much money in doing this. We actually had Dennis Walsh that was very, very generous and pledged a certain dollar amount Uh, for the podcast monthly that is an option you have so if you would like what we are going to do is once we hit a number of 10 supporters 10 new supporters we are going to give away soggy acres retrievers hat we'll do a drawing we will have that hat shipped to the person so i figured it was kind of a neat thing we could do as our support grows i could see hitting up sponsors where we buy a product or get a product donated from sponsors that we can uh, give away in a raffle to our supporters. But again, Dennis Walsh, thank you so much. Chatted with him a little bit by email. You are our first supporter. I do greatly appreciate it. Once we get nine more supporters, we're going to give away a hat. I haven't pushed that part a whole lot, but again, anchor support. Go into the description of the podcast for these episodes, and you will see the link that you can click on. We appreciate the help. So back to our topic. We are going to talk about something that I hit on with every person that I send a trained hunting dog home with. And this is applicable to anyone that has a trained dog, and that is how do you handle being out with friends, family members that are hunting with you and on the second part we're going to talk about how you handle having dogs that are along that are not trained so first let's talk about expectations and what you need to do when you have your dog out when you're hunting with someone 
A lot of times this is family members or good buddies. And the thing that I try to explain to people is that the, I guess, level that you allow your dog to go down to is your expectations for where the dog is going to perform. With that, when you talk about a retriever, if you have a dog that is trained to come into heel and sit and provide you the bird, which is where every dog should be, or at least, now let's, let, let's slide that back a little, or at least have it where the dog is coming in and finishing in the front, holding until commanded to drop so the bird is put in your hand. If you are allowing that dog to drop at five feet from you, that is what the dog is going to eventually, the level the dog is going to go to. And I don't think people prepare themselves for this because it is actually very common. I'll give you the idea on both a waterfall and upland hunt. You're upland hunting, the bird is shot, the dog goes out, the dog's standing next to the bird. You need to make the dog pick the bird up and bring it back to you. What will happen is everyone's excited. You'll have your buddy say, just grab the bird, just grab the bird, don't worry about it. There's birds ahead, there's birds ahead. If everyone stops and doesn't push forward, the birds ahead are not going to go anywhere. And if they do run ahead and flush at 200 yards, you weren't going to shoot at them anyway. So what you need to do is just slow everything down, make your dog finish its retrieve, because you want to keep that standard. You want to make sure that the dog is at standard where they're listening. The other thing to look at is if your dog is out too far. Again, your buddies might say, let's hurry, let's start jogging unsafe. I've been on hunts like this. You need to say, no, we're going to call the dog in. Everyone slow down, quit walking so fast, let the dog work. And you're going to call the dog in and correct the dog with an e-collar if the dog is out too far, but make sure the dog is in range. With waterfall, you're going to see the same thing. Dog comes in, drops the bird five yards from the boat, five yards from the blind, in the grass. Your buddies are going to basically say, hey, Dude, there are more birds working. we got to get down. Hurry up. Just grab it. Take the time to look at them and say, no, I have to work with my dog. And talk to them, to your, to your friends and family that you're going to hunt with before the hunt so that they're ready for this. But basically make the point of, I have a young dog. I have to set the standard, which we have set during training, but I have to set that standard during hunting. And the first season is also important that you want to make sure that they are in shape and you're hitting that standard so that they understand that you have the same standard in the field hunting as you do when you're training, whether it's in the yard or in the field. So this is easier if you have the only dog. The more difficult thing comes is when you have the friend or family member that has a dog they're going to, quote, bring along, and their dog has not been trained and is out of control. You will ruin your young dog if you're hunting with dogs like this. You need to make sure that those dogs are hunted separately, especially when young, so that your dog understands it can't get away with that. With that being that idea, if you are in an upland hunt and their dog is ranging out too far, it's breaking birds where they're going up too far and they're out of range, um, your dog will want to, because they're competitive and they have drive, go with that dog. You are going to constantly be correcting your dog and your dog is going to get a, really a young dog will get a sour attitude because they are being corrected so much. And they're like, you know, Joe's out there running around like an idiot. He doesn't get yelled at. Make sure that you are controlling your dog. The other thing you need to watch out for is 
when you have dogs that are out, are out of control and they're trying to control them and they're screaming at the dog, that can adversely affect your dog where your dog thinks, man, I'm in trouble too because, boy, they're yelling at Joe a lot. What you need to do is separate it out and be like, hey, how about you hunt your dog for a while and then I'll hunt my dog for a while. It's basically the easiest way you can deal with this so that you're going to both get time hunting with your dogs. You are going to both be in the position where your dogs are not being adversely affected in their training or their experience. And ultimately, you might end up in a position where you hunt by yourself more just because of the fact that you no longer put yourself in that position. I've had guys that will be going out on big trips, and what I've told them is, you know, on a waterfall hunt, if you're running a tight spread, if you're running a field set, you don't have good cover, you're probably best off only having one dog. You're going to hunt more than likely morning and afternoon. What you can do is just say, hey, you know what? Let's take my dog out in the morning, yours out in the afternoon. If you have just a kick-ass hunt in the uh, morning, you don't hunt in the afternoon, then just take the next guy's out, dog out in the, in the morning so that his dog gets experience. He gets to be proud of his dog. But you're going to have to separate it out because, again, you're going to have these issues that will really set your dog back on training. You're also going to have the family members that say the greatest statement that I constantly hear from my clients and, and, and buddies, hey, bring your dog along. Your dog can learn how to hunt from my dog. If someone tells you like that, don't run. Don't, don't walk away, but run away because they have no idea about training. Dogs are bred to hunt. We teach them and train them control. So if you have someone that thinks that your dog is going to learn anything by running around like an idiot with his dog, you are not going to be happy with the results and you're going to create training issues for yourself in the future. The other thing that you'll see is they'll want you to bring your dog out and hunt with them when they haven't been properly introduced to gunfire, to birds. You can have so such a myriad of bad experiences and things that happen that could potentially make it where your dog is gun shy or scared of birds so that your dog is not a good hunting dog in the future or you have training things you have to work around you just have to be careful on these things so that you're doing right by your dog but also keeping your relationships in mind again talk about it beforehand have a plan if you have multiple dogs beforehand understand what you're dealing with when you have their dogs out if you're hunting with someone, you already know what their dog is going to be like in the field. So plan that out. If it's a hunt where you really want to go, but you don't want to put your dog in that position, leave your dog home. There's always another hunt. Your first season and your second season are so important in your dog's development. You are a handler, not a hunter. Keep that in mind. Make sure you're doing right by your dog so that you have them as a fun partner out in the field. For hopefully 10 or more years. So that is this part of the show. I hope that helps. Again, it is something that I try to explain to people because these are issues that we have. We always have the the uncle or the dad or the father-in-law that's going to tell us we need to bring our dog along to get him some experience. Talk to the people that you're having to do the training or look at your own course and training so that you don't set your dog back by listening to wives' tales. Dogs are bred to hunt. Dogs are trained for control. Keep that in mind. Always have that topic of conversation about how you're going to handle dogs in the field. 
like a management style so that you don't get out to the field and then have hard feelings. Next part of the show, I wanted to talk about expectations people should have when they're doing training as far as teaching dogs for handling running blind retrieves and all the quote-unquote cool stuff that you see dogs do out in the field. That will be coming up after this. Jeff Fuller from Sporting Dog Adventures and Soggy Acres Retrievers. In our house, my wife hates having the plastic kennels and wire crates. We need them for the dogs because we have times when they need to be put somewhere, but she cannot stand the look. So we talked to DCT Kennels and we now have a new partnership with them for a product that is a crate, but also a piece of furniture. If you want something that is practical as well as great looking, check out DCT Kennels. Jeff Fuller again from Soggy Acres Retrievers and Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast. When you look at hunting, you need to have yourself prepared. Our good friends at Mac Outdoors have reloading supplies as well as great clay target machines to get you prepared so you have more success in the field. Don't get that dirty look from your dog. Check out Mac Outdoors. Hey, welcome back to the show. This will be, I guess, the dog tip or training portion of our podcast. We always do three, uh, three different sections of the podcast. We try to have a training slash dog tip, a hunting tip, and then a main topic. So our past main topic here was just hunting with buddies. Now I wanted to talk to people about having expectations for training. I train a lot of dogs and have, and invariably the question I get from people looking for a trainer And also people dropping dogs off for training is when you start working on handling. Try to explain that the first three months of our training program, and usually it's three to six months, depending on who you're, who's doing your training, is just working on control so you can have the dog field ready so that they are under control as a gun dog. A gun dog level in competition would be a started hunting retriever, would be a junior hunter in AKC, the first started hunting retriever would be HRC. But you want to have the dogs so that they're completely biddable and under control so that you basically have that base built. Think of your first three months of your training, and this would happen after they're six months old because you want them to have their adult teeth and be able to take pressure in training. But that first three months is going to be like building a house. You're building the foundation so that then the training house that you're building, you can build up without having it fall down because you didn't do the foundation correctly. It is going to take you at least three months to get through that portion of your training so that the dog can be in a position so that then you can start working with them on further control, which would be blind retrieves and handling. Much of blind retrieves and handling are drills where we are working on control aspect of the dog, but also building the dog's confidence so they understand that we are sending them to an area that they're going to get the reward, which is their retrieve. When you look at getting your dog to do your handling and blind retrieves from a professional level, if you have a trainer, you are looking at three to six months of additional training. That sounds like a lot, but what people don't understand is if you've watched our TV show and you've seen my dog's where they're out, they're doing multiple marked retrieves, they're doing blind retrieves and handling, and they're at a master level. Many times those dogs have been in training for three to four years to get to that level. Now, that is an expensive proposition if you're paying someone to do it. A lot of people look at it as their hobby. People will go to hunt tests. 
they're running their dogs, they're watching pros run their dogs. It's a hobby. If you're doing it yourself, it just takes time and dedication. And I guess the best tip I can give people is when dogs fail at things, when you're building them like this and trying to work on these things, it's not the dog's fault. It is invariably always the trainer's fault because when dogs fail at stuff, it's because we didn't prove something that we were building toward. Now, can dogs hit a ceiling? Yes, they absolutely can hit a ceiling. They can hit the point where not every dog is going to be a master title dog. Not every, very few dogs are field champions. All dogs will have a ceiling they hit, but we can give ourselves a better ceiling by making sure dogs have great pedigrees. Again, great pedigrees show past lineage. I've explained, probably it's probably been a while, but it would be the same as if you show ability through a past generational pedigree where the parents are all titled, that is like having two professional athletes have a child and saying, this kid wants to be an athlete or having myself and my wife have a child and saying, you know what? I was never better than a low end starter in football. There's no way I'm going to produce a, a professional football player. Have that good pedigree so that your ceiling is high and then again, and then it is putting time into that dog, making sure you're completing steps, proofing steps in your training program or having a trainer that does that so that then you can get them to that level. Dogs have so much ability. We rarely tap even an iota of what they can do. And if you want to see what dogs are capable of, a uh, good retriever, go to some hunt tests, watch the master level or the finish level of hunt tests and that will give you something that you look at and go, wow, that is so cool. It's not insurmountable, but you have to take time and you have to work through a program and it's not going to happen overnight. Often I get contact from people where they're ham having trouble with blind retrieves. You talk to them a little further. Yeah, my dog's seven months old. And you ask them, have you done your, 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 conditioned, your conditioned retrieve? Have you done your e-collar work? Have you done your obedience? Oh, my dog knows obedience. No, have you done obedience work where you're reinforcing with an e-collar? Well, no. What is that? What is condition to retrieve? Get a good program, work through your program, and take your time. These are not things you're going to complete in one year. These are things that you're going to complete over the dog's lifetime. With each dog you work with, you'll get better. It's rewarding and it's fun. So look at it as that. If the dog struggles, you're a team. You got to look at yourself as well. I hope that helps you in our dog tip today. Next is our hunting tip. We're going to talk about going through a gear check. That'll be coming up after this. Hey, this is Jeff Fuller from Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast. I want you to know that we buy all of our trucks at Boucher Automotive. We go to Janesville. They've got a great selection, great staff. If you're looking for a new truck or car, check out our friends at Boucher Automotive in Janesville. Welcome back to the Sporting Dog Adventures Podcast. I hope you're enjoying today's show. I know we already have it in here, but again, if you want to support our podcast, go to the Anchor Support link in the podcast description. If you can't support financially, please support us by giving us a thumbs up, five-star rating, sharing us with your friend, following the podcast, whatever your platform has. Please, let's help spread our love of working with dogs in the field so that we can grow our sport. So today I wanted to talk about gear checks. Everyone has the gear that they lose and you know you've lost it. And everyone's gone out in the field 
you open your blind bag and a whole crap. I forgot my whistle. I forgot this. I forgot that. I was just recently up at my hunting shack and I saw a blind bag sitting there and I'm like, God, what does that smell? And of course there was a dead mouse in my blind bag. So now I got to clean the blind bag out, had to grab Mr. Dead Mouse, also lost a uh, head covering that was in there that uh, can no longer be used. Well, I guess it could be, but I'm not wearing it. So I threw it out with the mouse. You don't want to find that the night before your hunt where you're the smelly guy. You don't want to be the guy that's constantly asking for shells, which we all have those friends. And what I always tell people is come up with something they can't shoot. I don't know if they have a three inch gun, take three and a half. So I guess and say that's all you have. But uh, make sure you're going through your gear so that two days before we're not checking our waders and going, oh crap, I got to get waders or even... <laughs> the night of the first hunt after you're done in the field going, wow, my waders leak awful and it's cold out and I got to get waders. Check your gear so that you are set for the field so that you are set where you can do right by yourself and your buddies that you're hunting with and you have the time to enjoy in the field. Do it now. It is May. Get your gear checked. Get your stuff set. And then you'll be ready for the season. I know our season's three months away. I am going through my gear now. And the one thing I found, I've got uh, one of my uh, chokes is is frozen my gun. So I had to get that choke out because it's my long range choke. If I would have left it, I would have been out there in the morning going, the birds are finishing close. I'm blowing them up. Or more than likely with me, the birds are finishing close and I'm flat missing them. I want to be able to get my choke out. So I'm going through my gear to check it. I got to have my kids go through their gear, which is like pulling teeth, but we are going to make sure that we have our stuff set so that when hunting season comes, we're not fiddling around trying to fix something that is broken or trying to borrow something that is lost. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. Love talking to you guys. Please email me questions at sportingdogtv at gmail.com if you have something you want to be on the show. We have a podcast page that is on Facebook. Uh, We have our Sporting Dog Adventures Facebook page. That is a huge page where we put up pictures of your dogs. We have a parlor page, Twitter page, MeWe page. We've got a lot. We also have all of our past seasons on YouTube. Please check out our stuff. Let me know what I can help you with or any questions or if you even want to shoot the shit about hunting. I can't get back to everyone right away, but I still love talking to everybody. Miss having the TV show. Podcast is a fun way for me to still connect with everybody. Have a great week. God bless. Our great fans of the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast, we are growing at an astronomical rate, and I want to thank you all. I do ask one thing from you. Please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Please give us a thumbs up, follow us, subscribe to us on whatever other platforms you're on. And the most important thing I can ask, share our podcast with your friends so that we can grow our love for the dogs and dogs in the field and make it so that people are more involved in our sport. Again, thank you so much for being listeners. Take care. Sporting dog adventures, run, boy, run. Everything you need is here under the sun. Everything you need is here under the sun